Good morning. Uh, Today I'm going to read Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with, sh- with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Good morning. Am I okay? Good, all right. Wow, I would have been happy this morning to just sit back there and listen to Luciana preach more. (laughs) That was wonderful. Um, It's always good to be with you in this age of COVID. Slowly but surely, uh, Laurie and I are back out on the road uh, visiting churches. However, it's questionable whether or not I should be in Vermont. Um, But what Doran was saying in the beginning about the COVID fatigue, I think is very, very true. And the wear is really weighing on so many of us. And yet I have found a rich blessing in this time of COVID, because I can only speak for myself, but It really slowed me down a lot initially those first few months and I sat with God with the depth I hadn't sat with God for a while. And there were some wonderful times of just sitting with scripture. Now I tell people I'm the first generation in my family not to milk cows so if I use the word ruminate Uh, to ruminate with a portion of scripture. This particular psalm I I sat with this week and I was reading it and I was thinking about the small things that make me afraid and the big things that make me afraid. And one of the running jokes in, in Laurie and my nearly 37 years of marriage is that one of the things that really frightens me is dancing. Seriously, you get me out on the dance floor and I break out in a cold sweat. 
We go to a wedding reception and we negotiate how many times I will dance with my wife before the wedding reception ends. And Laurie looks at me and she says, yeah, but you stand up. This is when I was still pastoring. You stand up there with a couple of hundred people and a dead body in front of you and you talk on and, and <coughs> that doesn't bother you. I said, you're right. But something about being out in that dance floor is everybody's watching me. <coughs> then there's the big things that frighten me. In a time of political upheaval and social reckoning, I'm just amazed how quickly people can hate each other. And that's frightening. And then I look at the churchy world that I live in and inhabit, and credible studies like the Pew Foundation just say, you know, 20% of the churches in America could close by the end of COVID. In my little world of Vermont, New Hampshire, where there's about 148 churches, I have sat at my desk and prayed and thought, what will it look like, ministry and mission in the future, if 30 or 40 of these churches close? And what will happen in a trajectory in New England in particular where too many churches are simply aging and declining in place? Those things frighten me. And then I come to rest in a psalm like this. I mean, the psalms are so wonderful. They speak to the heart, they come from the soul, and they sing out to God. I say psalms are the ancient hillsong music, if you ever heard of them. You know, they're just, they're just right there, kind of like in God's face, you know, and, and you're just pouring it all out for better or worse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who shall I run away from? Now, I'm an old guy, and if I mix up the quotes, quoting this psalm, I'm old enough to have memorized all the psalms, and not all the psalms, but many psalms in King James. So I, I drift back there and I butcher it. <laughs> I have forgotten how many times I've sat with the opening of this psalm. I've been a Christian since I was nine years old, and, and I was figuring it out not long ago. I've been in the ministry 38 years. How many times have I gone to this verse, this psalm, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who shall I run from? Even when my enemies want to tear me apart and leave me for dead. This one thing I ask for, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon his glory and to speak to him in his temple. All is well when I come to rest in the presence of God. 
I had some bad Sunday mornings in pastoral ministry. I remember praying on some Sundays, you know, Jesus, this will be all right this morning if you just show up. Because I'm having a bad Sunday. I'm not sure I got one thing to offer. You just show up, man. This will be okay. I mean, when I read this psalm, it has a, has a thematic rhythm to it. It starts out praising God for the protection that gives me a fearless confidence that there's nothing that I need to be afraid of. It celebrates the protection of God. And then there's that little moment where the psalmist says, what if? What if you turned your back on me? What would my life look like? If you were not extending your mercy to me, how hard, how lost, how empty I would be. And then the psalmist comes back to the celebration in confidence. That in this world I live in the land of the living. I'm going to see your hand, God. I'm going to see you move and see you work. And I'm going to be in your presence. And I have nothing to fear. I look on my life and I say, God, I think about the things that really made me afraid. One of the things that this episode of COVID has taken me back to was that around 1990, I was a young pastor, husband, father, and it was when the HIV epidemic hit the scene. And nobody knew what was happening. Nobody knew how contagious. Nobody knew where this was all going to land. And I was doing some chaplaincy work at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center in the old building on Maynard Street, which had eight stories. And AIDS patients were taken, and they were basically being warehoused on the eighth story of the hospital in isolation. And there were two people who were, quote, clergy types that were most frequently called to spend time there. Myself and the Jesuit chaplain. (laughs) The stereotypical Irish Jesuit chaplain from Boston College. He and I spent hours on the eighth floor. And in such an incredible time of uncertainty, And I remember going up there one day, and there was a young man laying in the bed. And he stuck out his hand to me, and he said, Would you hold my hand and pray with me today? But in that hand was a wet, moist tissue. He had been wiping his cracked and chapped lips with the tissue. And it was wet with saliva, and spots of blood. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? And I remember that nudge of the Holy Spirit that said, take his hand and pray with him. 
And in an age of incredible fear, I remember taking his hand and feeling that moist, wet tissue between our palms and prayer. Now, unless you think I'm really, really brave, I got up, I left the room, I held my hand out here, and I went to the men's room and scalded my hand. Okay? I try to be faithful, but I hope I'm not stupid. I have a wife and two young children at home. The long and the short of it was the obvious. I never contracted it. The other really nice piece about it is the young man who gave me his hand and we pressed that soggy tissue between our palms. He went into remission and I baptized him. I baptized him in June and he was gone in October. And there are moments when when you're serving Jesus Christ, you just can't take counsel of your fears. I remember one day the Jesuit chaplain and I were riding up that elevator to the eighth story, and John and I formed quite a bond. And I said, John, why do you suppose it's a Jesuit and a Baptist who get called up there the most? And my friend, the Jesuit chaplain, said back, I said, you know why we're getting called, Dale? Because we bring certainty. We bring certainty. We are not timid to say, Jesus Christ is real and present in this room, and he loves you. And no matter where you've been, Our God reaches out to you with his mercy and his grace and his redemption, and when all is said and done, it will be well. And then a few years later, I watched my friend John face a death of pancreatic cancer and honestly leave this world to be with Christ with no fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? And what would happen to me, God, if you ever, not that you would, but if you ever turned your back on me, what would happen to me? I would be like that proverbial egg that somebody put a hole in the top and a hole in the bottom and blew out the yolk and the white, and I would collapse. For my God, you are the very oxygen that I breathe, and if you are not in this place with me, I will die. You ever heard that old contemporary song? You go something like this. I used to love it, hearing it. We had a young woman in my former church that played violin, and she'd lead us to this. Remember that old contemporary? How's that? I'm getting so old, Ron. I talk about old contemporary. You know, remember it goes like this. Um, uh, I'll launch into it a little. If you know it, sing it out with me. Um, you are the air I breathe. 
You are the air I breathe, your holy presence living in me. You are my daily bread, you are my daily bread. And I forgot the rest. Oh, <laughs> I mean, when you think of it, oh my Lord, you are the very breath I breathe, so why should I live in fear? Why should I, I, I live in, in depression? Why should I, I live as though the world is falling around me when you are the God of the universe and you have been before and you go beyond? I remember being at a really low point in my life, and, and, and it was one of those low points. Even though, you know, you've been a Christian, and there, sometimes your life looks like uh, a cardiograph for your heart, you know? I mean, I, 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 the Christian journey is ups and downs. I remember I was in this particular low, low time in my life, and, and I went to a monastery. Now, the joke is, if you want to hide a Baptist pastor, well, nobody will go looking for him. You stick them in a monastery, because nobody looks for Baptist pastors in monasteries. <laughs> this was an Anglican monastery, not far from him. Uh, Emory Lane down Newburyport. And, and I was there, and, and, and I remember just pouring my stuff, man. I'm pouring my stuff out to God as I'm walking up the hill from the little house I was staying in to have dinner with the monks, and just saying to God, God, wow. Right now, there's nothing in me. I am lost. I am lonely. And I am dying. Right now, my soul feels like I am swallowing shards of light bulbs. And I am bleeding out. I told you it was low. And I so clearly heard the Spirit of God speak. You have never been alone. You are not alone. And you will never be alone. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? One of the other portions of scripture that I've spent a lot of time in during this pandemic has been the book of Isaiah. Oh, you ever read Isaiah and catch the political backdrop to it all? The nation of Judah is in all kinds of political turmoil. The northern kingdoms of the northern tribe have, have left taken over by the Assyrians. And, and in the southern kingdom, Judah, there's this big turmoil about, okay, so where are we going to look to for salvation, the Egyptians or the Assyrians? You've got this Assyrian party and you've got the Egyptian party. Where are we going to go for our hope? 
And in the 35th chapter, I love the way Isaiah approaches it. He says, you know what you're doing? You're so afraid, you're willing to run in every direction except come back to God. You, this is the word of the Lord to you. Repent, come back, trust me, and rest in my presence. But no, you want to jump on the fastest horse and ride down to Egypt to see if we can get Pharaoh to help. Let me tell you, we we know the God who is much more powerful than Pharaoh. And look at you, kingdom of Judah. You guys are just fighting about. Do we choose the Egyptians? Or do we choose the Assyrians? When your salvation is found in the sitting sitting in my presence. People often press me in my role about the current world we live in. They ask my political opinions. I'm very simplistic. I think every person needs to be approached with respect and humility as another person created in the image of God. People and peoples are called by God to repent of their sins and find a new way of life and living. And at the end of the day, if you ask me where my loyalty and love lies, I have no cause but Christ. I have no cause but Christ. And I am called not to live in fear, but to be a person and we a people that call individuals and society to a repentance before the Lord of the universe. knowing that salvation is never found in either a nationalism or neo-Marxist revolution, but only in Christ and Christ alone. I love the part of the psalm where it says, this one thing I ask of the Lord I'm only asking one thing. It's a real biggie. (laughs) That I may dwell in your presence all the days of my life and to see you the glory of the Lord and to seek you in your temple. Lord, only one thing I ask. Can I be in your presence? That place where all fear and all worry and all brokenness melts away. Amen.